Well, we welcome to the studio this morning Patrick Earle. He is a candidate for Lynchburg City Council. We try very hard here on the show to get to know uh, people who are running for council so that you know who you are uh, have the ability to vote for uh, come election time. Uh, welcome, Patrick. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do uh, for a living, and why you're running for city council. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, I am an actor and performer by trade. Uh, I've been living in Central Virginia going on 13 years now. I've been living in Lynchburg for about eight. Um, And basically what brought me here was we wanted to start a family, Okay. my wife and I. Um, you can't really do that as a struggling actor. <laughs> so yeah. for years, yeah. little, we were, little difficult, little right. hard. Uh, right. So for years, we were applying to um, uh, colleges to be to be uh, faculty members, and my wife got uh, head of acting and directing at Randolph College. She's currently tenured. Um, I teach part time and take care of the kids. So until about seven months ago, that was my job. Um, I have since started. I guess supposedly started a political career <laughs> um and recently got appointed uh, uh executive director of end station theater company so nice also running a nonprofit right now very cool. good kind of busy um yeah but uh as to why i started um why i began running was uh what got me interested in politics initially was the uh, public school facilities report in lynchburg city schools um, some schools are going to have to close. Some are going to need to be renovated. Others uh, are might need to be built. Um, and I thought to myself, well, my, my first my first fear as a parent was, oh my gosh, it's going to be my kid's school. It's going to be my kid's school. Mm-hmm. But then my second thought was, well, what if it was another kid's school? Uh, and then I started digging into the meat of it, and there are no good answers right, to this. Right, right. No good right. answers. Well, and, and a lot of the, the problems that we're having is people are moving their children out of Lynchburg. We don't have the same number of students that we used to have. Um, if, if I could push back about that a little bit. Certainly. Over the last 13, gosh, 20, since 2010, we have only lost 380 students. Yes, but before so, that, we had lost even more, and so yeah, we were maintaining absolutely. schools that... Absolutely. That, we, we have since made some strides in that, though. Um, I feel as if some of the programs that they had put together, um, which we always could do more, I think we should lean in a little bit more to um, the folks that need special attention if, they're, if they have some emotional problems or... Um, they get expelled or they get suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll go off, they'll do their thing, but then there's not really a soft landing back in to to the city school system. They're just thrown right back in. Let's talk um, about the report cards of uh, Lynchburg City Schools absolutely. right now. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What uh, What are your concerns there? Because they're not great. Um, I feel as in, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking specifically about the SOL scores. I am. Absolutely. If you look at each one individually, you'll notice that what is bringing them down is, I mean, you can literally look across the board at the numbers is are economically disadvantaged. They are bringing them, them down from what you would call, quote unquote, the normal level. And the fact of the matter is, as we grow in population, we are going to face problems that any metropolitan area is going to face. Um, so uh, you can't learn if you're hungry. You can't learn if you're having problems at home. You can't learn if you're homeless. Mm-hmm. You can't learn if your if your basic state in life as a child is one of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like what we need to do is lean more into um, the the social aspect of it. 
the resources they have for those children. There's only six social workers in the entire LCS system. Mm -hmm. Well, you also have to remember that at one point we had how many hundreds of jobs that weren't even filled right. with Lynchburg City Schools. So Absolutely. we have that going on. Yeah, um, and, and I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm, I'm endorsed by the Lynchburg Education Association. Uh, that would be, if it wasn't a right-to-work state, it would be the equivalent of our teachers' union. Um, and it's because they don't, they're not paid enough. And they're being asked to do jobs that are not, are, they're not equipped for. And, mm -hmm. I, and that's across our public services. Mm -hmm. What do you think um, is the, the number one uh, goal as far as, as what we should be focusing on teaching our children? In? Focus on teaching our children? Mm -hmm. uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Do you? That, that's the answer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, A I lot mean, of school systems are getting away <laughs> from that. And, and, um, and those things that you talked about before, making sure that they aren't hungry, making mm -hmm. sure that we do everything we can to support those families so that they feel safe at school and they feel safe at home. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we are there to make sure that they can read, they can write, they can reason, and, and they can grow. And, and based on some of these studies, that's not happening. These SOL scores are not great. I mean, we got the scores in. We talked to Governor this week mm -hmm. about the scores for uh, the Commonwealth in general. It's dismal right now. Uh, 40 years. It's been 40 years since we did this poorly. How do we make up that ground? Um, I, I would say put the money in the, in the classroom. Put okay. the money directly into the classroom. Because mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, if we don't have teachers that feel appreciated, if we don't have teachers that are willing to stick around, um, it's not going to get better. I, I do I presentations also, for a lot of teachers, and lately I've been doing a lot of schools, and the audience of teachers and admin staff are, are comatose. They're disconnected. And I don't say that bad to mm -hmm. teachers because they are great people. But I think they're exhausted, they're burned exhausted, out, yeah. and we have stressed them out. I think we need to look at teachers and give them the support that they need and deserve. Because, you know, when I when I'm presenting, I, I say funny things, and and because of the topic <laughs> yeah. I teach is active shooter, it's it's scary. It is, and so I try to lighten things up. These teachers are everybody else across the country laughs at these things that I say. The teachers are just sitting there and they're not laughing, yeah. and. And I, and I say this in I full... I just think they're overwhelmed. They are. And yeah. I say this in they full... Are. I'm not attacking. This is full support for the teachers. We need to look at the teachers and say, what do you need? I, How I, can we support you? I could not agree with you more. Which will start turning things around for the kids. I really I really do. But they're tired. They're worn out. COVID, I think, destroyed a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and and, and here, that's the other thing. COVID. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think we all do need to take a step back from the SOL scores and mm -hmm. realize what the entire country has been through yeah we're missing yeah. over a million folks yeah family um i had a i have a friend that um teaches uh excuse me is vice principal down in um memphis mm -hmm. and he said oh i'm getting verklempt he said kids aren't learning because the very first thing he's like they, they were losing people yeah and it was an inner city school and it was it's hard because of the the overall health of that population and the overall uh, access to resources. And he's like, oh, how are these kids learning when they're, when their loved ones are dropping? Yeah. Dropping well, and, and, and even more so than that, you have an overall feeling of hopelessness, mm -hmm. yeah. division, yep. um, uncertainty. There's uncertainty. no structure. Yeah. Do, right. do I come to school or do I do this online? Do I, what day do I come to school? What well, are we and doing? And not only yeah. that, uh, you know, you were talking about 
uh, children who have never had to worry about uh, where their meals come from right. or uh, any of that are, are being impacted by this mm-hmm. economy that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So, and, and, and I'll be the first one to say, I am pro-mask, I am pro-vaccination, I am pro-science. Um, but recently, I... I mean, at a certain point, I was like, we have to, I mean, we have to get back into school, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there was a point where it was too dangerous. Yeah. Right. And we needed to close them. And it gets to a point where should children wear masks? I will openly say we wore masks everywhere, everywhere. And then I got to the point where I was like, oh, man, maybe I should start shedding at places. And I do now. Like, yeah. if we're like all crammed in like sardines, I'll still wear one. But my well, son said you, something you, you, like, my son said something like, I'm like, buddy, you don't have to wear a mask anymore if you don't want to, because none of the kids are wearing it. He got COVID, and he had a mask on, and he, he said, like, well, I don't, I don't want people to, you know, I, I feel more comfortable if they don't see my face. And I was like, okay, you don't get to wear it anymore, wow. right? Unless, yeah. yeah. So there, and this is what, this is what I feel that we need in this community is that I, I, I consider myself a pro mask and pro science. But there is such a gray area. We don't live in a black and black and white. Yeah, uh, I'm anti mask There's some. There's there's some. <laughs> I, I'm there's pro some middle si- ground system that God right. gave us. Yeah. There's yeah. some but middle here's ground the thing. that we we've need gotta, to. Re- we, yeah, yeah. We've got to be able to have those conversations yeah. and those disagreements. But when we say science, and, what science? Right. Is it is it the politicians telling us science, or is it true science? Because there's Absolutely. a lot of confusing. Confusion I, out there. And that's the, honestly, I think you've gotten to the root of the problem. Yeah. Is that no one's listening to the experts anymore. You're right. They're listening to politicians. When yeah. we come back, we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, we're talking with Patrick Earl, who I uh, didn't was not familiar with. So we're getting to know you this morning, running for Lynchburg City Council. And um, and we're going to talk to you about running as an independent when we come back. Absolutely. Thank you. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Let's get it started in here. Everybody, everybody, let's get the into morning it. jam. Get stupid, get started, get started, get started. Let's get it you're listening to the Morning Jam on WIQO and all of our other Virginia Talk radio stations. We're talking with Patrick Earl this morning. He's running for Lynchburg City Council, trying to get to know him a little bit better. Now, you're running as an independent. Those who listen to the show know that that's a pet peeve for me. Be- it is. Because... It is. There are a lot of people who will run as an independent, and you can look at the voting record and see quite clearly uh, that they they fall in a different column. Uh, why are you running as an independent? Um, because I mean, I you can you can Google me. Some people probably have. Mm-hmm. I am part of the Lynchburg Democratic Committee. Okay. Um, I am endorsed by the Lynchburg Democratic Party. I I would I would have gone to the Republican, you know, thing and 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 you know spoke there if if I had been invited. Um, I will talk to anyone. The, the reason why I'm running as an independent is that fact, is that I feel like most of our issues fall by the wayside when it comes to local politics. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep politics, national politics, out of the local level. Um, and I, I mean, I could have run as a Democrat. It would have been a lot easier. Um, I would have had a, a larger, um, how should we say, infrastructure for my campaign. Um, a lot more support. Um, 
but I didn't because I wanted to make that statement. Okay. So um, there are certain things that uh, that people, uh, when they choose to call themselves a Democrat or a Republican, uh, things like, you know, big government, um, you know, they don't want government involved in every aspect of, of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's important uh, to people. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that we can always agree on. We want to take care of, of people who are hurting, who are uh, poor who are struggling, who have mental health, God knows that's a, a huge part of the, the things that we're dealing with right now. Um, but I also think it's important to know, you know, where you stand on things like the schools. Obviously, being a teacher, that's something that's really Im- important to you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, some of the things that that are, are going on with our schools right now as far as uh, the critical race theory and and some of those things. I mean, you say you don't want big politics or, or national politics to work its way into the local schools, but the, the bottom line is it is working its way in, whether we want it to work in or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I would say I will start with this. We need to start with the truth. Mm-hmm. We need Agreed. to start with the baseline of right. truth. We need to start with things like what does critical race theory actually mean? Uh, that was a term coined by a college professor who wrote a book um, essentially about what it was like being uh, a man of color in all the aspects of his life. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be a person of color or a minority or a marginalized citizen in this society? Mm-hmm. Um, that term was picked up and and blasted, and now people don't really know what that means anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really, it, it, and this is, I, I would go so far as to say this is not even my opinion. You can ask any LCS teacher. It's not being taught in, in Lynchburg City Schools. History is being taught in Lynchburg City Schools. Uh, there is a push toward understanding and addressing um and coming to grips with with the history that we that this country objectively has had mm-hmm. with slavery, um, with you know Jim Crow laws, with redlining, um, but even things a, like redlining isn't really taught until upper high school and college. But there are talking points that are introduced in elementary school because one of my best friends showed me the talking point, the prompt that was given to her child who was in the third grade talking about um, white privilege and have you, you know, have you ever, your your thoughts on being a racist person because of your white privilege. You didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having to sit down and talk to their third grader about things. And this was during covid that this was going on. So these things are being touched on in the Lynchburg City Schools where, you know, because you're a white person, you're a bad person. Or, you know, you you do have privilege that the person who has color next to you, regardless of what their circumstances may be, you have you have privilege over them. Do you think that's appropriate? Um, I, I do. And here's okay. why. I, I Once again, I think we need to start from a baseline of truth. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that simply being white in this country um, gives you a leg up. Oh, now you no. can call it, you can call oh, it white boy. privilege. You can call it 
I can um, name 10,000 things that a black person can get that I can't get because of my skin color. So how can you say that? I, I completely agree that there are 10,000 things that you could get or a, a black person could get that you couldn't. We have 100,000 Because things. of skin color. Because of skin color. Right. Because yeah. of race. Well, I because the, of race. But, but the uh, there is 100,000 things that we could get that they couldn't. I don't know. Not now. I don't know about that. I have to respectfully well, disagree. But the, but the bottom line is, in America right now, the most successful people in America, the ones with, that make the most money, the ones that uh, have the strongest families, the ones that do less crime, are not white people. They're Asian people. Mm -hmm. That is a specific, hard, black and white truth. Yep. It's not It's not white people. It's not. It's yep. Asian people. They work hard and do what they got to do. They work hard. They do what they got to do. So, I mean, they there, the there are, there's a lot of, and, and here, here's the thing, and I don't want you to feel like I'm, we, we disagree. We knew going oh, into this conversation yeah, yeah. that we would. Um, but these are things that we have to teach our children to be able to dig down and have conversations like we're having right absolutely. now. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, and here's the thing: what, uh, like I said, is is the fact of the matter, um, and we need to get down to the truth. Is that we have these issues that need to be addressed, mm -hmm. and we have to you address need to them do together. It, you mm -hmm. need, we right. do. We have to address them together. And, and it's. I think it's. And I think it's easier to do it when children are young. Yeah. Because number one, it's they they are open. They're, the open-mindedness of a child is, to me, just absolutely shocking. And, and LGBTQ and has has recognized that, and that's exactly what they're doing. Is they're getting the kids when they're young? Um, I mean, there is truth to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but well, here's, and, here's and, the thing. And, and here's what, all right, so guys, we just have a couple of sec a couple of minutes left. So, okay. I, I, so speaking in the same vein. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Where do you think a parent lies? When it comes to making these decisions, if a parent, uh, do you think parents should have a say of what's being introduced to their children in in a school setting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but the caveat to that is I don't know more than a professional educator. I don't know more than an expert in as whatever a, As field. a parent? Yeah. Okay. I, I like to listen to experts. Um, I feel like if it is coming from a place of of education and not hurt, um, I'll trust it. And the I feel like there it used to, there used to be a culture of when I was a child, if the teacher called home and I had done something, I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. it's yeah. turned it's to the fact that, that That's parents right. don't trust their teachers to teach them what they need the children need to be taught. Um, and I and I also feel that we need to come to grips with a lot of truth is that when it comes to and, and this is where I think the white privilege comes back in is that at it, white America needs to come to grips with the fact that we in our minds simply cannot wrap our head around a few things. And that is number one, being a person of color or minority in this country because we're not and we don't experience it on a daily basis and there's not a way we can understand that mm -hmm. and number two uh, when it comes to lgbtq as two cisgender white men we walk through the world not questioning our existence because we can't understand it we well, can't I, understand what it's like to be transgender i support anybody that wants to be what they want to be that's fine be your life i wish you the best of luck and happiness but don't push it don't push the agenda on our kids 
on, on, on my children, on my, on children. And, and and you can and you can say that we can't question people who are uh, more educated than we are but i will tell you this uh when i sat in front of a doctor who told me he had scheduled me for a dnc because i had an unviable pregnancy if i had unwaveringly believed him because he was more educated than i was i would not have a gorgeous 26 year old daughter today so there are times in life as a parent where we have to listen to our gut and our God, and we have to do what we feel is right. Uh, so, I, you know, that's that's no doubt. Um, and right. but I do I do like to deal with things that are because that 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 is a wonderful and beautiful story. Um, my wife would have died. Yeah, we hadn't had surgery. Um, I have a friend that would have died. But yeah. my point is, you have to listen. Oh, absolutely. To, to yourself as and, a but parent. This is, that to me, this is a this is a one-on-one single basis. This is not curriculum. This is not in large numbers because that's that's what we have to that's what we have to realize. Human behavior on the person-to-person level is it is, for lack of a better term, a crapshoot. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where we get all this wavering stuff. But if we take things in mass, um, we find the truth and. The, the truth of the situation. Right. We appreciate your candidness with us this morning. Uh, Earl, you can find out more about him online. We'll put a link to your campaign on our Facebook page. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for us. coming on. Appreciate it.